Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock, and welcome to my lifestyle podcast, Live Without a Nest. The podcast showcases people who live fearlessly and have the ambition to create something. I'll showcase change makers who have decided to let go of their safety net in order to survive. So let's jump right in. Jen Sherlock, welcome to Live Without a Net. And I have my dear friend, Christy Price. She's a matchmaker in Pennsylvania, Florida, California. I'm so excited to have her here today. How are you, Christy? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Jen. It's so good to see you. I know. I'm so excited. I've seen you since the spring. I know. So let's jump right in. What would you want to discuss in terms of your, your style of matchmaking? Like, are you seeing more trends nowadays with younger or older folks? Like, what are you seeing? I mean, dating has completely evolved in the last 15 years. We didn't have apps 15 years ago, but now matchmaking became really popular with TV shows and just yeah. people who really want to find their soulmate. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of, I've been doing it for 15 years. I've seen a lot of trends, but the weird thing is people traditionally met like in person or arrangements and things like that. And now, especially since COVID, I mean, people were using online dating apps to find love for a while, like in the beginning, but it's really the last five years. And then COVID really accelerated the people online that are looking just to play around, just fine if that's what you want. If you're looking for a relationship, it's hard to meet people online because either they're in relationships looking for validation or they're not who they say they are, or they're scammers. I mean, there's so many things. Or they'll, they'll never meet you because they don't even look like their photo. They're just like out there just getting, again, validation. So since COVID, I, my matchmaking business has really skyrocketed because people don't want to be online. And I uh, used to be more so the 40s, 50s, and early 60s. And uh, the last two years, I had 50% of my, maybe even 60% of my clients are 20s and 30s. And then some even seven-year-olds are coming to me because it's hard to meet people in public since COVID, especially in Philadelphia, New Jersey. Um, I mean, it's better, but COVID changed the way people communicate too, where people might be really outgoing um, before COVID. The lockdown really um, played a mind game on some people and they just are fear, they're fearing rejection and they don't want to walk up to people and just say hi like they used to. That's so true. Have you heard any crazy stories recently just from some of your clients who decided to hire you after an online dating nightmare? Well, uh, one girl, um, that's the other thing. It's a safety issue. That's why a lot of women hire me. So one woman was, um, he got aggressive in the parking lot when he walked her to her car. Thank God she knew what to do and she got out of it. But that's the thing. So safety, I, I do background checks. I make sure people are who they say they are when I represent them and also the people I introduce them to. So, and then because of cell phones and just, you know, you can be wherever you are and say where you may or may not be. Uh, a lot of people that do online dating have so many options. There's cheating. They might have a relationship here. They might have a relationship there. And, you know, especially in the beginning when you're starting to date someone, you're seeing them once or twice a week, they could be dating a lot of other people. And um, that's, a, that's, I see that as a big problem, especially for women. It happens to men sometimes too, but definitely women. Security issues. I mean, that's so true. Every time I've been online, I've even used sites like truthfinder.com because most people don't have a background checker, but it's true. You read these scary stories on the paper or online about what happens to these, you know, women. And it, you never know, like there's even been shows about it. Um, Tinder Swindler. Yeah. And there was another one. Um, it was called like something John, um, 
I, I'm going blank on it, but it was all about this guy acting like he was completely someone else and, yeah. and wasn't, and, you know, embezzling money from this woman. And it was a TV show. I, I wish I could remember the name. It was something John in the name, but I know it was a popular TV show. So it's, it's scary what could be out there because you don't know just from yeah. the same picture. Just last week I saw, I think it was Tinder. Um, I think I'm not sure it was a man or a woman went on a date and he was mugged or she was mugged. So you don't know who you're meeting. So it's really good to, even before you meet somebody, if you can get their first and last name um, and do a background check on them. I mean, been verified, truth finder, any of those, especially if you're a woman, all man too. You just don't know. It happens to both sides. You don't know who you're walking into. That's true. So if people want to hire you, what can you tell them how the process works? Um, Are your clients both men and women or do men pay and women don't? Or is it a mix of both? It's kind of a mixed bag. I work with a lot of men, but I work with some women too. Right now, I have a lot of women in their 20s and 30s because they are just tired of online dating. Um, and I meet with all of them in person or through Zoom. That's one good thing about COVID that we can do Zoom calls now. And I go through a whole litany of questions like their life and relationship goals, interest, hobbies, politics can be a deal breaker these days. So that's something we talk about and what they're looking for in terms of relationship if they want kids or no kids or religion um, and just what their education levels are. That's something that people are, uh, it's important to a lot of people too. And then from there, once I get to know my client, then I introduce them to people that I've also screened the same way. Uh, and then I set that I do, it's a concierge service. So I actually coordinate schedules and set people up for like a cocktail or brunch or, you know, something active with their active people. They'd rather do something fun and outside. And then after that, I do like an next interview and I talk to each side about if it went well, then they take it from there. And if the chemistry wasn't there, cause I can't predict chemistry or I'd be a millionaire. Um, right. <laughs> then uh, we figure out what was missing and we go on from there. Yeah. That's so interesting about chemistry. It's like what everyone wants and it's probably the hardest thing to get. Is that what you hear about when you're getting feedback? Like they'll say great things, but maybe there wasn't chemistry. Is that a lot of the feedback? Some, yeah, that's, um, some people just think there should be that spark right off the bat. And that's not always the case. I mean, that's, those are, um, hormones and that attraction, but doesn't mean necessarily that person's going to be a long-term great partner for you. So I always say to people, if you go on the first date and you had fun, not if you feel like I can never kiss this person and they kind of are totally not your style, that's different. But if you had a great time and the conversation flowed, like give it one, two, three more dates because uh, a lot of times chemistry builds and that's most of my clients. May, um, they may be brought off the bat and like, oh my gosh, they're like, oh my gosh, I had so much fun. I'm not sure. So they go on to have a few more dates and that builds and the chemistry kind of goes, just kind of all clicks in at the same time. Well, yeah, that's a good point because I've, I think we've all been with, but I've been, had good chemistry with probably men that weren't the best for me. So it makes yeah. sense that you should give you know, the good ones that you've had fun with and had nice conversations with and might have a nice background, like more of a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I one client, she's always going for like the hot, you know, you know, football player types and, you know, a little bit narcissistic, not to say football players are narcissists, but you know what I mean? Um, cause they're so charismatic. So if you get a narcissist and sociopath, they're so charismatic. They love bomb you. They sweep you off your feet. Uh, especially if you're like a giving person, they like, um, it's like moths to a flame for a narcissist. And, um, so a lot of times that like initial chemistry and that like, oh my gosh, it's so great. Um, it dissipates after the, especially with those per, uh, personality types, cause they can't sustain that level of 
interaction. They are good masks and mirrors. And then like a month or two down the road, you're like, what just happened? And they start it's like gaslighting and do all, doing all those fun things. Right. And that's so yeah. true. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's, I think why I got into this because I love those types. They're charismatic. They're fun. They're gregarious. And <laughs> is that? I don't know. They're just fun to be around. And they're they usually in bed too. <laughs> they so they're always the best ones in bed. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of experience. <laughs> um, so you're in West Palm Beach. Is that area you think um, more exciting for singles than, say, Philadelphia, where you used to live? It's a completely different market, which I've learned when I moved down here. So uh, Philadelphia, New Jersey, people really are about finding an individual that they're attracted to, but more like age appropriate. Um, a lot of, a lot of people down here, uh, you do have a lot of men that are looking for women that are around their age range or 10, 15 years or something like that. But then also there's a whole sector down here of like really long, young ladies and really old men. Um, and they just, both sides need something out of the equation. The men like the validation of the beautiful lady and the lady like a financial um, support. So I see that down here a lot more than I do up, up north. It's a little, it's a little different, but really good people. I mean, everyone here is just really sweet and kind. Um, that's why I, when I left Philly, I, I picked this area and there are a lot of singles here too. We just had an event last night. There were 40 people and everyone got along and there were a couple matches too, which is great. So are your events speed dating or is it just where people kind of meet and greet? Is there any type of, you know, process when people sign up for your events? So I've always kept it like, cause there are enough speed dating events and like lock and key events where those are really creepy anyway. <laughs> if you've ever been like the woman wears the lock and the guy has the key. And so all the guys are coming up to your chest and trying to open the lock. It's really not my style. So um, most of mine are meet and greets. So I'll kind of work the room and introduce people. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I'd love to meet that person. I'll facilitate that introduction. But I kind of just tend to stay away from like games and things like that. Uh, probably cause it's really not my style. So, and people seem to get along doing it this way. It's more low key. So uh, some people, even name tags. I used to use name tags, but the people that come to my events are usually professionals. They're like, um, they wear name tags all day long at networking events. They're like, I really don't want to wear a name tag. <laughs> Plus it ends up in your hair for girls anyway, right? It does. <laughs> I feel so dorky in the pictures. I know, exactly. So I, yeah, so it's just very low key. Uh, I used to do like bike and brunches and activities, which I might start doing again. But for now, it's just like happy hours. We're going to be doing them once a month in Philadelphia, once a month in Florida. So people can meet in person. How do people get your schedule of events? Is it being signed up to your email list or also on your social? Yeah, it's on my social media and my email list. So I use Eventbrite. So I use those things. So um, just, And it's usually... So because it's on Instagram and my Facebook page and all that, it's, it's normally a really great group of people that come. So they're easy to talk to. They're professionals. It's just a, a great group of people. And I saw you have a revamped website. It looks amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was about time. My old one was definitely outdated. So we did a whole new rebranding and um, I really love it. It just came live last Friday, I think. Yeah. And I believe you had a section on there for California. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're getting into that market and, and why that market? Is there a demand for you in other cities and states? Yeah. So because of the, um, so before when I started this business, I was just in Philadelphia. I built that database. 
So what's changed a lot with uh, COVID is a lot of matchmakers that I trust that work that I like the way I do. Um, so we meet someone through me, they both like their photos and they're good guys or girls. So I collaborate with matchmakers all over the, the nation now. So I've been able to expand more. So when I moved to Florida, um, this started happening more and more because some of my people in Florida are open to traveling anywhere to meet the right person. Uh, so it kind of opened up the door. So I went to LA because I'm really into like biohacking and that kind of thing. So that's a good market. So when I was there, I met with a lot, some clients out there and I love LA. And um, so that's our next step. We don't have a website for it yet. We're working on it right now. That's exciting. How much is yeah. it? I mean, I don't know if you can talk pricing or if it's customized based on who who's contacting you and their age, or maybe it's like a length of time. But maybe some people think, because sometimes I think this too, that it's unaffordable, but I wouldn't even know what it costs. So can the average person afford this? Or is it like only like when you're really ready for love that you spend money on a matchmaker? That's a good question. So my prices start at $15,000 and they go up from there and that's for six months. And then it goes up to a year and it goes to 50. It depends on what the person wants. Now, for some people, especially people that are young professionals that are just starting out, I do have like lower packages, like 8,000. I do take payments. So I think like that's my good faith gesture. Uh, the matchmakers won't, they take everything up front, but like it's, it's, it's a group effort. So people work directly with me throughout the process. So as I get to know them, I can do a better job. And same thing, they'll feel more comfortable if they can do payments too. So I, I do do that and work with people. And then I have coaching packages that start at like $1,200. So sometimes people can find love on their own. They don't need me. That's great. So are those packages on your website or not yet? It's after they reach out to you. It's after they reach out to me. Everything's kind of customized based on what they want. That's so exciting. So have you had any love matchmaking stories that you can tell us about recently that really, you know, made you excited and was like a, a feather in your cap? Yeah. Well, the most recent one was um, a man that hired me in Florida. Gosh, has it been six months now? It's been six months. And I introduced him to a, another woman and they're so in love. And they came to my event last night just to support me. They're like always thanking me. They're so beautiful together. And that really makes me happy when I can match people up. I love that. That must be so exciting because I've I connected two friends in my younger twenties and they're still together. So like that was just random, but it's a good feeling because they always say, "Oh, Jen, help me!" But you're helping. I'm sure by now, like dozens, if not like hundreds of people. So yeah, it mm-hmm. must be such a like a warm feeling. Is matchmaking something that you connect with other matchmakers or is it competitive? Like, do matchmakers ever get together and talk about like what's working for them and what's not? Or is it just too competitive? Because I don't think there are that many. I could be wrong. No, I think they're, I don't know, in in an alliance group. And I'm actually going to an event in November, which is all matchmakers. So we all collaborate. So um, especially since COVID, I've been collaborating with matchmakers I trust um, since probably for about five or six years. And with COVID, other matchmakers who were competitive, like very like, territorial, I saw the value of collaborating with other matchmakers. Because if I can, I have a whole, a huge database, but I want to find the best match for my client. So uh, another matchmaker in New Jersey might have a great match for my client. Uh, and so we'll, we'll kind of collaborate that way. And we pay referral fees. That's another reason why our um, prices are higher because we're always recruiting. I mean, I, I have people on the on the ground in Philadelphia and West Palm Beach and uh, South Florida areas that are always recruiting, and we're always recruiting on Instagram and Facebook too. We don't recruit on online dating sites. I figure that that's a disservice to our clients. 
So they can do that on their own. So that's something you don't recommend. Um, I know we were talking before the show about how online dating has kind of become a mess. Do you see that people will go back to more organic way or is the organic way gone? No, I think that's what people are gravitating towards that really want a relationship because online dating is like a full-time job, right? It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It takes so much time. You have to be, you know, do your due diligence to make sure you meet the person they say they are. And um, most professionals don't have time for it. You know, time is money or just time is valuable. You'd rather do anything else but online date. So... Uh, I see a lot of people that are coming to me for coaching. Uh, so I help them coach and meet people in person, get over that fear of rejection, especially that COVID is magnified. So you can walk up to someone and have a conversation and just talk to people and go to events. Mm-hmm. And if I or others were to work with you, do you ask for their type um, or do you try to make them open to other types? <laughs> That's a great question. So yeah, if your type hasn't worked this far, you probably want to be more open-minded. So, right. So some people have come to me and they're like, oh, I like tall, dark, and handsome. I'm like, okay, what values do you want? Like, what do you want? What kind of personality types do you like? What activities do you like to do together? So, I mean, we all have, if you're, I work with active, positive-minded singles. So my people are, tend to be fit or at least active. So uh, I know if someone's very active, they don't want to be with someone sedentary. So there is a certain certain look that comes with that. But it can't be like if you're a five foot tall lady wanting a six foot five guy. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Someone just walked by. He'll stop in a second. You were just saying, I'll have you pick it up. I just want to make sure he's he's done. I hate that. Okay, so you were saying... um, you can just pick it up because I'll tell the editor, I'll give them the code. Okay. Um, but you were saying, okay. so if, five foot. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were talking about like the five foot, but go ahead. You could start okay. the sentence from the beginning. So from the beginning, um, just, uh, just from the part where you said, so if you're five, one, I think you're about to say. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have some women that come to me and they're like, Oh, you know, they're five, one and they want a guy that their minimum height requirement is like six, two. And I'm like, well, first of all, most men are five, nine around that area. And if you put four inch heels on you're five, five, what about 5'8"? He's still a little bit taller than you. And it's more about like my whole thing is, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say this. Uh, my rule is if I can bench press the guy, I don't want to date him, right? Because as a woman, we all, we want to feel safe. So as long as he's a little taller and maybe a little bigger bodied, I think most women feel safe. But to, to just discount a guy that has all the criteria because he's a certain height, I think is, is crazy. And vice versa with men. I've had men come to me that say they like to you know date blondes five foot eight or taller. And I'm like, you're six foot. Like what's, what's this, this height thing. So it's good to be open-minded and really think about what really matters about the person that you know, all their, the values, your life and relationship goals are aligned and all the other good stuff. It's so true. I know height is definitely a thing. I see it on the apps and men just even tell me that sometimes for the apps, they line at a couple inches because it really is a thing for women. It is for sure. I mean, and I actually do practice what I preach. Like my boyfriend, which you've met, um, he's totally not my style. He's so cute, but I hate, and I told him this, I mean, if he sees this, we're good. <laughs> like I hate glasses. Um, and he has white hair and he's, he's and he's like five, nine, but he's so amazing. And he's so fun. And we are so aligned with everything. And everything's just easy. And that's the thing I think people forget when you're in a relationship, it shouldn't be hard work. I mean, you have to work at the relationship and keep connecting, but it shouldn't be, it should be fun and just carefree. 
Yeah, that's so true. I've seen, I've seen how happy you are with him. And I saw the way he praised you and said so many nice things about you. So I was really happy for you because I know in Philly, it was, you know, a little bit difficult. Um, it's a small dating pool around here. It seems like it's larger there, which is nice. It is. I think down here, especially getting more people moved down here. Um, it just, you know, people are moved or connecting more. So I've met a great group of network of friends down here, which took me a while to in Philly. It's just hard to break through that. And here I have so many people and they're from all over all countries and all walks of life. And it's just a really cool area to be. And whereas Philly is a little bit more provincial, it's kind of hard to break through that barrier, especially if you're new. So what kind of dates do you see different from in Florida versus Philly? Obviously more are outside is, or is it still dining, mostly whining and dining? It's kind of still like whining and dining for sure for the first date. Cause you don't want them to go too long. Cause if it doesn't work, you're stuck with them for three or four hours. Right. So I just still do the same thing. So a cocktail dinner, I mean, I don't love dinners, cocktail appetizers, um, brunches and things like that. So and we have, activities uh, like, instead of that. So yeah, I've done that too for people, like especially in Philly. So some people, especially if they're like a little bit nervous, like axe throwing or go to spin or go for a walk in um, like Valley Green and get coffee or a cocktail afterwards. So those types of things are fun. And then there's not as much pressure for the conversation just sitting there at dinner or um, with, and we have dinner or cocktails. So a lot, some of my clients like prefer doing that. So I had one client, they love biking. So they went biking and they had a lunch afterwards. So those are, I think it's good to do activities too, because there's the pressures on, on to have conversation the whole time. So I think I do a kind of a mix of all of them. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. So you've had your business for 15 years. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to add to your business that um, maybe you weren't using before? For example, I'm sure you're using Zoom to talk to clients now instead of necessarily meeting them for coffee in a certain location. Is there anything else that a matchmaker would do in terms of technology or other things that I'm not thinking of to to vet a person or just to tools for your business? Yeah. Well, I do prefer meeting them in person, um, even though we do Zoom calls. Because I think you just get a better, I'm an energy person, you get a better feel for people. So I fly back and forth. So I was in Philly for a few days, meeting with new clients. Um, and then I'll come back to West Palm. So uh, before I did love that we could do Zoom and we can actually open up our business so I can go, go anywhere. Um, but I do like to meet clients in person. That is important to me. And then I think what I'm doing differently now is events again. So right before COVID, I was doing a lot of events and they were just not going well. Like, you know, it'd be like 30 people, then 60, maybe 20. It was just kind of all across the board. So to your point earlier, how has COVID changed things? People want to meet in person now. Like they're so tired of the online dating apps and things like that. So I'm changing my business back to what it was before COVID and doing events again. And people, like we had 155 people show up at our event last week in Philadelphia. That's crazy. It's too many people, but yeah. So so in terms of recruiting, we, um, but that's the other thing that changed actually since COVID. We used to recruit at, at, with our events and in person on the street. Now we do it through Instagram, LinkedIn, those types of things. So that's made it more efficient actually, which is kind of cool. That's great. Do you do any marketing or is your business all word of mouth? It's all word of mouth aside from my website. Yeah. And, the, awesome. and the events. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, most of the people I know or they've been referred to me. Um, and would you say most of your, your clients now, you were saying it's, it's starting to switch to younger. Would you say most are older still, but it's like slowly switching? 
It is switching. So just in the last two months, the four people that I just started working with are, um, are 26, 28, 33, and 35. So, I mean, usually it was like maybe they trickle in here and there, but it's been, uh, that was actually just last two months. So yeah, so it's a lot of the younger people that are just had it with online dating and they can't meet people. And I do a lot of coaching too, because they just like, I used to be so outgoing and I feel like I just can't start the conversation anymore. I just feel like a little bit scared that they're going to be mean or the fear of rejection. So the coaching piece has really kind of increased too in that age range to help people get out and meet people. Yeah. We were also talking before that just online dating, there are so many, but very few like real connections because they can always find someone new the next day and the next day. That's the problem with it. Yeah. Because even if they, things are going well for a month or two and uh, um, things go like a little bit sideways, which happens, you know, communication, you're getting to know each other, people go right back online. Right back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a problem. People aren't giving people a chance. I mean, relationships aren't perfect and you have to work, you're going to have, you will have some speed bumps along the way. But online dating, people have like a perception of perfection that there's always someone better out there and they're not really content with who they have. We're already a throwaway society. I think online dating has really increased that. Do you think, and I don't know if you know, are the stats for divorce still over 50% or are they growing? Do we know any of that? I I don't know the exact stats, but COVID really accelerated uh, divorces because people all of a sudden were locked down with their partner and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is what my life's going to look like, you know, when I'm retired, like, and they're out. So the divorce rates have definitely skyrocketed due to COVID for sure. So. I know we're running out of time soon. Is there any type of advice that you could give to people who may be listening on why not to give up on love? Because it is a numbers game. Like, I mean, it took me a while to find the one. So just, I mean, some people, your, your career gets in the way, or maybe you haven't done the work to really attract the right kind of people. Like maybe you're going from relationship to relationship instead of saying, all right, I have to love myself first and love my life. And then I'll be attracting the right one. So that I see with a lot of people, some of the people I work with. So we do coaching first. So I think, and I just lost track of what you asked me. (laughs) Okay, I'll just add this code in. So we'll re-edit. So I was asking you for people not to give up on love. So where you just ended with with that, you can just pick up a new sentence and I'll make sure that he edits it well. Yeah. Well, in terms of giving up on love, I don't think people should. It's like, there's, everyone has, there's lid for every pot. There's someone out there. It's just a matter of finding it. And I think just casting a wider net. So maybe your expectations are way too high. I don't mean you have to settle, but sometimes we have this checklist that goes forever and that's blocking us from finding someone that's really amazing and a good partner for us. So just kind of like take, take a step back, see if you're being realistic about your, uh, what you're looking for. And if you're looking in the right places and creating those opportunities. Do you believe in affirmations? I see a lot of that where women should be writing them down, what they're looking for and and look at them every day. I've never done it, but I've seen things like that. Yeah, I'm definitely about the law of attraction and what you put out, you get back. So I think affirmations are really good in terms of just even for your your brain chemistry. It's just like, you know, um, uh, for confidence building and all that. So having a clear picture of what you want. And I actually have people do a love intention, which is kind of what you're saying, where they write down how they feel, not necessarily checklist, but how they want to feel in the relationship, which also gives you a good indication for when you're in the wrong one. Cause you're like, wait, I really want to feel happy and whole and feel supported and vice versa. And it kind of gives you an outline of, as you're dating of what, re- how you want to feel in a relationship as well as your checklist. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
Can you yeah. let people know what your website is and your social media just so they can find you? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jen. It's uh, kpmatchmaking.com uh, at matchmaker Christy D. Price for Instagram. And I can't remember. I think it's KP Matchmaking for Facebook too. Okay. I love it. Thank you so much. It's so great seeing you. What did you say? It's KP Match on Facebook. So there it is. KP Match on Facebook. Okay. We'll make sure (laughs) we can put it in the the social media post that we put up as well. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. It was so fun catching up with you. And and thanks for letting me know more about love. (laughs) For sure. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for now. Thanks everyone for joining us. Please reach out to me so I can feature you on my show. I do respond to everyone. You can find me on my Instagram at Jennifer Sherlock or my business Instagram at Jenna.com. And check out our new website coming soon, livewithoutanet.com. Thanks again. And I look forward to taking risks with you.